Welcome to Stop 2, Berksy Park. This stop begins at the center of the park, located between Front and Wellington Streets, just east of a red brick, triangle-shaped building, known as the Gooderham Flatiron Building. The park, just to the west of the Flatiron Building, is known as Berksy Park, named for William Berksy, one of the first surveyors and architects of York, one of the previous names for the town we know today as Toronto. John Graves Simcoe, Upper Canada's first lieutenant governor, had not originally wanted York to be the capital of Upper Canada. Simcoe had wanted it to be in Loyalist Kingston to the east, or London to the west. But Simcoe was swayed by the strategic importance of the location when he was brought to this area by an ancient indigenous portage route that connected the St. Lawrence Valley to the Great Lakes via the Humber River. In particular, Simcoe saw military advantages to Toronto's location, as the Toronto Bay would protect the capital from American and French invasion. If you are familiar with our waterfront, you are probably wondering what bay I'm talking about. Toronto used to have a bay that connected the Toronto Islands with the mainland with a long beach. A storm in 1858 washed the landmass away, leaving us separated from what have come to be called the Toronto Islands. This, in turn, means that the location of the present-day Berksy Park was once desirable waterfront property. This brings us to a man named William Berksy, who, along with Simcoe and others, established a plan for the town of York. Berksy and his contemporaries ignored the many creeks and natural landmasses that had guided and shaped the indigenous trails for thousands of years in favour of a strict military grid system. The first street created in the new settlement of York was Young Street. The street remained one of the most important and longest streets in the city. In fact, at one time, many claimed that Young Street was the longest street in the world at 1,896 kilometers. Young Street was built by men who were promised farmable land north of the city. In this way, the workers had incentive to keep building the road in order to get their crops to town. More streets soon followed, but the roads were pretty basic, really just dirt paths cleared of trees and stumps. The lack of infrastructure with a growing population led to the settlement's nickname, Muddy York. There are even stories of the early inhabitants of York strapping wooden planks on their feet like snowshoes to get through the muddy streets. Just to the east of Berksy Park is Toronto's Flatiron Building, named the Gooderham Building after the family that commissioned it. James Warts and William Gooderham came to Toronto in the 1830s and built a huge windmill to produce flour. Because of its height, almost seven stories, the windmill was a directional beacon in the city, helping people determine where they were. Some say it acted as the CN Tower of its day. But only a few years into their enterprise, William Gooderham's sister, who also happened to be James Warts' wife, died in childbirth. Not long after, Warts threw himself into the windmill's well, some say on account of his heartbreak over the loss of his wife. With the company now in his exclusive control, William Gooderham added a distillery to the business to make use of the mill's leftover grain. This would soon become the biggest distillery in the British Empire and the world, and produce two million gallons of whiskey a year. Today, the former distillery is now a lively heritage district called the Historic Distillery District. The complex now contains the largest collection of Victorian industrial buildings on their original foundations in Canada. 
When William Gooderham died, he left his fortune to his sons, who invested in a wide variety of industries, many of which catapulted Toronto from an agricultural town to an industrial one. His son George Gooderham commissioned this building as the offices for the Gooderham and Warts Distillery. From this building, he'd have a view of both the distillery district and the ships coming in from his many business dealings from the comfort of his office. Completed in 1892, the building soon came to be known as the Flatiron Building because its shape resembles that of a clothing iron. Many of you might be familiar with the building in New York City that shares this name, but Toronto's Flatiron Building is, in fact, several years older than New York's, which was completed in 1902. On stop two of the Creating Toronto digital tour, you can see an image of Toronto's Flatiron Building as it looked in 1898, only a few years after it was built. The next stop on our tour will be 1 Toronto Street, near the former building of Toronto's 7th Post Office. 